Hey, this is Kevin Smith, and you're listening to Radio Brendo Man, the only radio that matters with the name Brendo Man in it. If you're not listening to it, just what in God's name are you listening to? I can give you some options, but that would defeat the purpose of the plug. Brendo Man. Welcome to another episode of Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy, and Phil is on vacation. He's on his road trip in Texas and New Orleans. I think he's in Louisiana somewhere, but I have a special guest this week, and I am joined by Mr. Justin Kizon. Justin, how you doing? Good, man. I'm good. It's good to have you on the show. Um, I had It's been my intention to kind of have... I want all the Benview Network people on the show at one point or another, and um, but sometimes it's I I get lazy, and um, Mr. Brian Apodaca, yeah, reminded me to he's a he's a he's a big supporter of all of us, and he seems to be a big fan of you. <laughs> he's brought me up a couple of times. Yeah, he's definitely like at tagged me on Twitter. He's like, hey, you should get you get Justin on the show, and I. Super awesome guy. He's always been really yeah. cool and supportive. I'm actually wearing my Francis Says Ha shirt that he made for a bunch I of us. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I have like five of these now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, he actually, because Derek Armijo from Popsicles is a huge fan of the movie. And I mean, I like it a lot. I, but I, I never thought I'd own a Francis Ha t-shirt, but now I do. <laughs> Yeah, um, I saw I saw Matt when I recorded a uh, uh, our last episode of Benview on, on Spielberg. I saw Matt wearing it, and that was one of my favorite movies of that year. So I was kind yeah, of pretty great. Pretty jealous. Did you see um, the last one? Like, as I've heard, mixed things. The last Noah Bachman film was the one with him and that they co-wrote. The forgot what it's called. Uh, something Miss America. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mistress yeah. America, I think. Yes. I didn't see that one. I've heard the same kind of reaction though. Derek was like disappointed because he, that was like his, he was so, I think for him though, he might have, cause he saw Francis Hall like 10 times <laughs> in the movie theater. He was a oh, big wow. apologist. Like he's the reason why I watched it. Mm-hmm. Not that I, I mean, I love Noah Baumbach movies. It's just, they're not always on my radar. Yeah. yeah. Especially I live out in the sticks now mm-hmm. in the Inland Empire and, we don't really get a lot of those movies out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed Francis Ha and I, I, I tend to, I look forward to his movies. I mean, I, going back to, um, kicking and screaming, I, yeah. I really enjoy that movie. Yeah, same here. Now, I, I may not love every movie that Bachman does, but I, I generally feel like they're worth a watch at least once. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, people, seem to forget how long he's been making movies because yeah. I've heard people say stupid things like, oh, he's just, he's all in like hipster and everything. I'm like, dude, <laughs> no Bombach was hipster before that yeah. term even existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was doing all that stuff like in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah. yeah he, was sometimes... of, 
It was slacker movies, I guess, back then. The tip, the yeah, was for, was slacker movies back in the nineties. Yeah, because you know, you had like because he's like contemporaries with like Linklater and yeah, and those guys, and that was really the you know slacker started so many things. I mean, I guess just to introduce yourself, introduce you to fans, to listeners of the show that might not know who you are. You are the co-host of Benview on Spielberg, along with yeah. Mr. Matt Benson. And you are a filmmaker. Yeah, uh, uh, definitely trying to be. <laughs> but yeah, well, definitely. Unlike most people, including myself, I, I discovered you have an IMDb page. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah no, it is. The, I do, in fact, have one, and I'm, I'm proud to say that the first thing on my IMDb page is is actually a film, my my short film that I wrote and directed. So. I yeah, I, I read about that. I, I would love to see this. Can you watch this movie anywhere? I could, um, I haven't made it public yet. It's been one of those nagging things in the back of my head where it's like, I'll have to put it online soon, mm-hmm. but it's like seven, almost yeah. 10 years since I went to film school. Um, so, so I have called, what is it called? Tell, tell, uh, oh, the tell short film. It. it was my graduated, it was my graduation film, uh, at film school called, uh, Rival Siblings. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's basically about a brother and sister martial artists who uh, finally kind of decided to settle their arguments with a good old-fashioned fight scene. Nice. In wow. A- so that's a pretty, like, ballsy <laughs> first movie attempt, filming fight scenes and stuff. I mean, most student yeah. films, like, that's that's – so that's that's very impressive. Thanks, thanks. Well, when you well when you get around to watching it, let me know how impressive it's still. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what was, was it sounds? I'm just reading some of your backgrounds and what I know of you. You're a big fan of um, of martial arts movies, yeah. of Chinese and Japanese movies, mm-hmm. and um, which I we share a lot in common. And I love martial arts movies. I love yeah. um, I love crazy Japanese movies. I love oh South Korean. I love Korean movies, and it sounds like you have a very big taste for that and yeah. very influenced by it. Um, mm-hmm. What got you into all that? Um, basically, um, I, I think I've always been into it as far as I can remember. Um, mm-hmm. Like, martial art action always seemed to, like, draw me in, even as a kid. I mean, let's not lie. Ninja Turtles is clearly a big thing in my generation. And so, oh, yeah. Um, but the Karate Kid, you know, the, the Karate Kid movie – and all that stuff. But I think what got me on the verge of really learning more about it is uh, I watched uh, some Bruce Lee movies when I was really young. Mm -hmm. Um, And that led me to uh, Jackie Chan, which in turn led me to Jet Li, which in turn led me to John Woo and Michelle Yeoh. And uh, I can definitely say that the, I was uh, 97, 98, right before the Matrix came out was the years I just, dove right into the foreign film section. Yeah. And I remember I was always into that stuff. I loved, I mean, growing up in the 80s, of course, Karate Kid, Ninja Turtles, yeah. all the the ninja craze, <laughs> even like all those bad ninja movies. Oh my God, yeah. Like American Ninja and like all that <laughs> no stuff. Because <laughs> that was always on TV like all the time. And then you uh-huh. had like Chuck Norris and of course Van Damme, like Bloodsport, uh-huh. Kickboxer. That kind of stuff. But then when, for me, like, the turning point where it became, like, a real obsession was when, like, Rumble in the Bronx came out in the theaters here. Yeah. Because I had heard of Jackie Chan. I might even have seen, like, one movie. 
But then, like, Rumble in the Bronx, I saw that, like, on the day it came out because hmm. I had seen the trailer, and that just, like, blew blew it open, and that kind of opened the door for everything else. Yeah. You know? No, totally. And, well, I remember MTV, they did a kind of a Lifetime Achievement Award for the MTV Movie Awards. Yeah. Same year as Rumble in the Bronx came out, and Quentin Tarantino did, like, a introduction to it. And I kind of heard about Jackie Chan, but they cut this amazing reel. Okay, yeah, I remember. I remember yeah. the back when. I mean, not that the MT. I mean, the MTV Movie Awards. I, I guess I don't really pay attention to them now, but they used to be yeah. a huge, huge deal. Oh no, I agreed, and especially back then, and that they had this like two minute reel just showcasing a bunch of Jackie stuff, and I was just floored. Like they had clips from like Drunken Master Two and yeah. like, oh, Armor man. God, and I just was like, who is this guy? And so, yeah, I did. I, I think that really was the real leading me to the to finding out more about Jackie Chan. And yeah, like you, I watched Rumble the Bronx like the same weekend, and yeah, and Super Cop and the American imported takes on Jackie's movies. But yeah, no, definitely Rumble the Bronx. Bronx still, there's a lot of stuff in that movie I still love for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you grew up in Buena Park, is that correct? Correct. Yep. Okay, so you're it's your Orange County, born and raised. Born and raised, yeah. I'm still actually that's where I still live. So, wow. So you just you, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I grew up in San Diego, but I also lived in Orange County for a long time. I mean, I lived, I lived right next to Knott's Berry Farm for a while. I that's exactly where I live. <laughs> I live across the street from Knott's Berry Farm. So, oh wow, okay. I lived on Knott and Orange, like right down there, like oh. near. You're so very, right down the road. very close to where I live. I, I'm current, I live at the, my family house, which is a uh, La Palma and Stanton. So for okay. all of you listeners who don't I know where that is, that is, is that's right where they, so that's also, um, as a Kevin Smith fan, you I mean, you probably know this. That's also right by where they filmed clerks too. That was crazy to me. Cause I, I found that out on the way home from watching a movie with the, one of my best buddies. Did you like drive by the movies? Were you like yeah. me? And we're like, what the hell is happening? Exactly. Yeah, we freaked out because we did a U-turn. Like my friend was driving down that street, and he's like, "Dude, I think I saw movies." What? That's impossible. Because it was no, at the know. old Burger King, which was always weird to me that there was that Burger King and then another Burger King just like one street over. Yeah, which is I probably think, why that one closed down. <laughs> I went to that Burger King a lot too because it's so close to my house, and yeah. like I remember watching the Kevin Smith kind of like as one of the evening Kevin Smith DVDs, mm-hmm. and he talked about that location. And it's weird to hear an outsider's point of view of that of, location. Yeah, of like Orange County and of of just like mm. driving down, and then they they live there, which is really <laughs> weird. They lived in that comf- like Quality Inn right there. I still drive back drive by that Quality Inn every time I go home from work, and I'm like, yeah. at one point, Jay Muse and Kim Smith, there was Rosario Dawson crashed at that place every for- time. Yeah, when I dr- I drive I drive by a few times, and I just think about Kevin, like because that was where he was editing. That was the first movie where he edited. At night, yeah, and I, like didn't sleep, which is just crazy. <laughs> and I know I remember driving because I was working at Disneyland while they were filming that, and people I knew were like, because I I posted on the View Skew boards, I was big on the boards, and I knew people. I wasn't like in yet, like I would be later. Yeah. Um, but I people were like, oh yeah, people are going to the set, people are doing this. I'm like, and I was, I mean, I, I mean, growing up in, okay, so I have to ask you as somebody that lived in Orange County. Did you ever work at Disneyland? Surprisingly, I didn't. So you're one of the few, but you probably knew people that did. Oh, yeah. So you know how it is there. It becomes your entire life. Yes. And I basically consider 
2005, 2006 to be like my lost year. <laughs> because I basically lived at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Where did you work at? Which, which park? I worked in main entrance, so I worked at both parks. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and that's also and, a tiny thing too, because I know so many folks who work at Disneyland, so it's either the first question is, oh, which park do you work at? Yeah. And then, yay, where? Where'd you work? Where'd you and work? then, it's like crazy because anybody in Orange County, you could start talking about Disneyland and you either work there or knew somebody who worked there. And then by talking to them, depending on like if you're of the same age or like you knew people, like if you're like, oh yeah, my friend worked here. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I knew your friend or I knew somebody <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind of this thing about living in Orange County, like working. I, I never, I, and then, and then it sounded like, and then you live right next to Knott's. So you did you go to Knott's a lot? I, I only go to Knott's now for haunt really. I went to Knott's when I was a lot when I was younger, but as I kind yeah, of me too. I, uh, I guess because I guess maybe because it's just the cheaper. Oh, yeah. So that's why you go went more to Knott's Very Farm when you're younger. Okay, but so how old are you? Because I want to ask a very specific Knott's question. Okay, then... I, I'm 32 years old. Okay, so you probably are old enough to remember. Do you remember Cinco de Mayo, 1999? Holy crap! There you go. There you go. <laughs> I never thought about that. Were you around the park at that time? Because I was there. No, I well, yeah, no. Well, you were there. I was there. <laughs> um. So, well, I was on. Okay, so here's what happened. So if we've talked. Yeah. Phil and I have talked about this day before. Um. So Knotts had a bright idea, <laughs> which ended up being one of the biggest disasters in park history. Um. You offer on Cinco de Mayo, 1999. They offered five cent admission if you got there before I think ten. Yeah, and basically it caused a riot, <laughs> like riot conditions at Knotts. So we, my friend, we, my, I remember my my roommate and I and um some other people. We were going. We went to Biola, which is up in La Mirada, but it's still really close. Yeah. And um, and I was like, oh, dude, we should totally get on that. And so we we ditched class, like we cut class, and drove down. And I remember getting to the parking area, and there was just signs and cops everywhere. And this was at, like, 9, so, like, the <laughs> shit hadn't really hit the fan yet. Yeah. But there was no parking. Beach Boulevard was, like, a parking lot. Hmm. And we're like, all right, this is crazy. But we ended up, like... Starting, we're like, well, let's just park like in the neighborhood because there's a neighborhood nearby, and then like we'll walk over. And then I was like, I don't know, this looks bad. So we ended up going home. Yeah. But then I got to hear like everything play out on the radio, and I had friends that were in the park. Mm-hmm. And when they basically stopped charging a nickel and charge regular prices after ten, like things went crazy, and they had to close the park and. There was a riot. <laughs> yeah, I. So the, what cracks me up is you telling me you probably parked in a, in a neighbor neighborhood nearby. There's a pod, probably I, your I, neighborhood. I was gonna say it's about a ninety uh, percent chance you were parked, if not by my house, there near my house, which is where most people parked. Parked during haunt. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure during haunt, it's just that's kind of a giant pain in the ass. I mean, living living down there during haunt season is always just like ugh. No, it's I. I used to work out in L.A. Um, and I knew during the month of haunt, I couldn't, there's no way in hell I was going to drive there at, after yeah. five o'clock. 
Because the 91 gets all jammed up, Beach gets all jammed up, all the side streets get jammed up. Yeah. It's a crazy thing. It's crazy to see how that has evolved over the years. Because when I first started going, I was in high school, and it was not like an all-month-of-October event. It was like a couple weeks, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then I think at some point, Knott's realized, oh, we're making all of our money for the year from this (laughs) event. Yeah. And... Um, and then, and I don't know, I, I, I have, I, 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 I'm a big haunt person. I go every year. It's, I just feel, I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Mm-hmm. Um, are you a haunt fan? I'm, uh, I've been to haunt, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been to haunt once. Oh, wow. Um, cause I'm a scaredy cat. Okay. So you don't <laughs> like getting scared. I, I get uh, it. Um, it's cool though. I mean, we need to go again, but it's like, I, my feelings on haunt is I know. <laughs> but as a resident, it's not the fun. <laughs> I have a very uh, specific, interesting thoughts on Haunt because, you know, I just know like two o'clock in the morning I'll be woken up by some asshole who's like drunk coming back yeah. from the park. But I mean, like at the same time, I know so many people like I like so many good friends have actually been both monsters and people putting the makeup on the monsters. And yeah, that is That's cool. A whole big culture in of itself. Yeah. Um, I heard some good stuff about some of the mazes last year. Like I heard. Oh, like, dude, there were some they've. OK, like I think. They finally woke up to the fact that, like, if they didn't get on the ball, like, Universal was going to kick their ass. <laughs> and so they finally made, like, because for a while, for a lot of years, there would be mazes that you're just like, all right, they're not even trying. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas now they they have actually have several mazes that are, like, like that's kind of more like the Universal style. Like, they're experiences. They yeah. tell stories. They actually spend money on the props and everything and i mean i've always been impressed with universal as compared to like some of the other places like magic mountain as far as i know is still garbage <laughs> i think the cl- oh, i think they only open what like a couple days a week now? yeah and it's and 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 i don't know um but like as far as they're they're like the one year i went um because it's it just seemed to like somebody went to a Halloween store and just put a bunch of stuff in a dark thing. And then there's some people that jump out of you. They did have a clown maze one year that is the most scared I've ever gotten in a maze, but that's just cause I'm terrified of clowns. And a guy came down to the down, came down from the ceiling and I did a full on like Scooby Doo jump on to fill <laughs> like. And that's, but that, that was just a one-off thing. Other than that, like, it's pretty craptacular. Whereas Knott's, although the problem with Knott's, um, is they, um, they got bought by Cedar Fair quite a few years ago. And, uh, and now it's like a roller coaster park. Yeah. And because of that, like, there's way, the park, there's way more lights and, Cause I mean, like, I just remember when I, in 19, like the first time I went was like in 96 and the, I just remember the park being pitch black, fog everywhere, <laughs> monsters everywhere. And it was just like, no place was safe. It was terrifying the whole time. Even just standing around, you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. This is crazy. Like. I remember thinking we were safe and sitting outside of a bathroom and some janitor is like emptying one of the trash cans and he's got one of those big like push carts with like a bunch, like a big dumpster on it. And we're just like sitting there chilling out. And then this monster jumped out of that dude's dumpster 
<laughs> and scared the crap out of us. Like, whereas now it's super, there's very few like totally dark areas now because there's so many more roller coasters mm-hmm. and, and then like, it's just way, I don't know. The atmosphere is not what it was. I mean, it's still good. They have good years and bad years. I just, universal to me is like the ultimate, but it's, but they have their own problems where unless for me, unless you get the front of the line pass at universal, yeah. like it's not worth it. Cause you'll be in line. Like the lines are crazy. They don't cap the mm. attendance. Um, knots, I don't think does anymore either. <laughs> like that's, that seems to me to be a problem. I wish they would like hard cap it because yeah. the crowds, like I know I get it. They're there to make money, but it would, I just miss the whole like, again, like feeling like scared all the time and not have, and like it just kind of ruins the mood when you've waited like two hours to go into a maze. Right, right. Which a universal is completely a thing mm-hmm. and not sometimes too. Um, but usually depending on what you're doing, you can do knots pretty well. But with universal, like we get the front of the line pass because otherwise you won't even be able to do all the stuff. Mm-hmm. But Universal is pretty amazing because you get to go on the – as a film fan, I mean, it's yeah. one of the ultimate things is you get to walk around on the back lot. You walk through the Psycho set. the yeah. You walk through the Bates Motel set. You walk up to the house. You walk mm-hmm. around the world. I mean, that's just uh, – it's crazy. I, I've actually been meaning to do the Universal one too because I just hear – like because it's a movie set, I figure like yeah. – you can do even more elaborate stuff. Yeah, and you feel like you're on the sets of those movies. Like it's so right. elaborate. It's like it's crazy. The like they spend a ton of money, and well, I, it's just a different. It's it's a really great experience. Like I don't know if they did it last year or if it's gonna coming up this year, but I like I'm not even a fan of these movies. But I heard they're gonna do a purge maze. And I'm like, oh, that's a great idea for that. Yeah, concept. they had like a purge experience okay. this year. And it was it was awesome because I, I I mean are you are you I'm a fan of the purge. Are you, I've only seen the first movie, so I, okay. I, I want to give the other ones a shot. Yeah, the first one's okay, like for what it is. I mean, I love the concept. The second <laughs> one was great because I love what they're doing. Like, so the first one it takes place in one house, right? Right. And but the second one, you see what happens in a city, mm-hmm. and then this third one is like now it's like this revolution thing happening and it's like this next step. I don't know. It seems like a very calculated move with what they're doing. And I really like the concept of it. Yeah. And also just, I don't know, as, as a person that's not like the idea of it is just to me is terrifying. Yeah. Like just very <laughs> terrifying. Cause especially like in our current political climate, I'm like, this is becoming more and more plausible. <laughs> and I mean, not really, but like I could see that I could see like like Trump ordering a purge. Yeah, no, that's 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 where it's starting to become freaky. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. Like that's- when they broke in to the Republican debate with an advertisement for the purge, I thought that was genius. <laughs> like, like Blumhouse knows what they're doing when it comes to marketing their movies. Oh my god, that's. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, it's insane how much money they basically just print money with what they do because it's like crazy low budget. Yeah, and they have like this rabid fan base now, and they're just printing money. But they, I feel like they haven't gotten stagnant like with what they're doing. If you, I mean, if you're a fan of what they do, yeah, 
and I, it's surprising because they're, they're mixing up their their lineup with just a different amount of kind of yeah, movie. I mean, it's not like it's just, not like paranormal. It's not like paranormal activity like eight times or yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's like like sinister is not the same as like as like the purge etc. And then and then you look at like Blum, like you look at his production credits and it's all over the place. Yeah, like <laughs> didn't he do the gem movie? He did the. They did the gem movie. He did the like the HBO. <laughs> what was that? The 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 TV movie about AIDS. Like he oh produced. Gosh. He produced that. Like, <laughs> like he does. He's got his. Like again, he's it's crazy. Like what he's doing. Huh. I mean, I give I give him props. But back to you. Oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just I love talking about theme parks and. Oh, dude. <laughs> so, like. Growing, I mean, you grew up in Orange County. I grew up in San Diego, but I lived in Orange County and got similar backgrounds. No, no, living, so in, living where I'm at, like I, I just the theme parks were a big part of growing up too. So it's like just so you're a Disneyland person, or I, I'm not. I wouldn't, I'm not someone, not someone who has a pass or anything to yeah. any parks. Well, now the passes are crazy town. Don't, I'm not even. I, even if I considered it, I couldn't do. I wouldn't do it this year. Yeah. But um. I like it. I like going there once in a while. I get these urges. Yeah. I get like these, man, it's been a while since I've been to Disneyland. I feel this need to go to Disneyland. <laughs> um, I've been to Universal Studios, I've been to Universal Studios back in November. That was nice. Um, and excited I, about, uh, Harry Potter. Are you a Harry Potter fan? I'm a mild Harry Potter fan. I like it enough. I'm, but I also feel like I would, I do want to check out the event. I do want to check out how the, the, what they got over there, but I feel like I won't be able to go there for a year. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. I'm bummed. I'm a little bummed because I was I had a chance to go, but my brother works for uh, E Entertainment, mm-hmm. which in turn is the affiliate of Universal. So he uh, texted me saying, "Hey, I have free tickets to go check out uh, Harry Potter early." And I'm like, "Well, damn it, I'm gonna be in Texas, so mm-hmm. never mind." <laughs> I said, yeah, they're doing. They've been doing soft openings, so I have friends that have been going, and I'm like, "Oh, I want to go so bad." I know. I've been and- seeing some of the like. And- I- I want to drink. I'm. I want to. Everybody wants a butter beer, man. They're gonna make. Talk about printing money. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's crazy to me that just this past, like, wasn't it just a couple years ago that they finally did the Moe's Tavern and like you can get a Duff beer? Like, man, I mean, check that out yet? I haven't. I've heard it's cool. I but I was a little bummed to hear that the Flaming Moe. Is one not alcoholic and yeah. two not they can't actually like I, light it on fire. I had the flaming mo, um, and I will just say it's a very it's a it's a cute Shirley Temple, but that's kind of it. That kind of bummed me out. Like understandable, dude. Yeah, it's like dry ice. It's a cup that had a dry ice cube in the bottom. And then I'm like, can they at least make it taste like cough syrup or something? <laughs> like I was hoping like, at least mix it up with like a grape drink because that's yeah. what I thought what the cough syrup thing was like. A yeah. Type- yeah, it should. That's what it should be. Because I mean, yeah. for people that are gonna go to the trouble to like get a flamey mo, like, come on, give yeah. us something. But it was cool, man. That Simpsons thing is awesome when you get, yeah. it, you get around to checking it Being out. Being in most, like, I, I mean, I walked. I've only, again, I only go now for for horror nights, and I'm always just too like we're we're trying to get all the stuff done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, but because I didn't even get to ride the Simpsons ride this year because I got overruled. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Simpsons, right? I think it's like one of the best cues like ever. Mm-hmm. And no, I know a lot of people have hard feelings because like people that loved Back to the Future. Yeah. But 
that ride was getting a little long in the tooth. Like, I'm sorry. I love Back to Back. Back to Beach is one of my favorite movies of all time. Is my favorite. Movie. I, it, I love it too. I love it too. And that ride was great. Ride, I, that ride is great, but I'm with you. It's it got to the point where I'm like, I I was also getting tired of. It. And then here's now right now I'm going to drive in the T Rex's mouth and yeah. All right, no, and all right, and then you can tell you know the screen wasn't updated, so it's starting to look it's. You know, I'm not. Yeah, you know, if you weren't sitting in the exact right spot, like you were just like, oh, ugh. yeah, yeah, but, you know. But no, no, I think the Simpsons ride's awesome. I'm, I'm so impressed with that ride, and even just the waiting in line. You know? Yeah, I, I could stare. I was watching. If you've never been on the ride, there's this whole bit where you're waiting in line, you're just seeing all the characters walking around and kind of like the sort of working as working in the park, and it's impressive as hell. I just see Hans Molman just kind of hanging out. <laughs> you know, waiting for a question to be asked. Yeah, and like so many little in jokes, and it seems like it, there's like a million different things that they're doing. I, that's what's cool about the Sims Springfield thing, man. To me, is like I'm a huge Simpsons fan, but I've been kind of not really. I haven't really jumped. I haven't really thought about the show in a while. I just don't yeah. watch the show anymore. But that uh, that that part of the park just reopened my my mind about Simpsons, and yeah. I just all of a sudden floodgates of love of that show just came out again. Yeah, so cool. When I really think about it, like, it is one of my favorite shows of all time. I mean, I was completely obsessed. And, like, especially um, when it was, like, you know, you could watch it in syndication, like, the two episodes a day. Sometimes, late, some periods, I feel like they were off, like, four times a day. Mm -hmm. I feel like, like, in, in junior high and high school, like, I feel like I watched, like, it was, like, that. And like Saved by the Bell and like Full House and stuff. Those were on like in the evenings on like KTLA and K, like in Fox, like Channel 5 and Channel 6. Mm-hmm. Like that's that was- like all they showed after a certain time. <laughs> I do remember, like, I, yeah, I would remember like, yeah, like there's like a two hour, there was one point I felt like a two hour chunk of Simpsons reruns. Yeah. Straight up didn't mind, you know? Yeah. And, and because like I, um, and that's also how I caught up sometimes. So I couldn't always watch on Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it would show up on syndication because this was all pre DVD. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I love the show. Where, like, where did you leave off on The Simpsons? Oh my God. Uh, everybody's answer is different. So I, I almost feel like I stopped regularly watching the show, maybe. And that's a scary thing to just feel like I, maybe six, seven years ago. And so that's that's pretty seems pretty recent. Yeah, like, maybe. And I feel like uh, to be truthful, probably even further. But because I wasn't, I remember watching a little bit new episodes. Like I've been gone in spurts mm-hmm. where I've watched like certain seasons. But like I'm talking like Die Hard. Like yeah. I was done around like season eleven or twelve. I would say that's about right for me. But then I would have parts where you'd hear something like, oh, they did this good episode, and then I'd watch. And then when it would be on, like, Hulu and stuff, mm-hmm. and then I started watching again. And there were – and I feel like there has. It is – it's weird. Like, it's wildly inconsistent now. Yeah. But there are some good things. And especially now, like, it's so weird because it's just a completely different show now because people that write for The Simpsons now, for the most part – like are people that grew up watching The Simpsons? Yeah, and so it's gotten like even more meta <laughs> point sometimes. Like, like because I mean, like how many times? Like I, I don't even know. Like I remember just going back and they were doing like a they were dragging up characters that you never thought you'd see again, and it was like, oh, they're doing another Lurley and Lumpkin episode. Like what? And <laughs> like, and they're on like the twenty fifth Sideshow Bob episode. Yeah. 
And and then like Sideshow Bob's good, Sideshow Shop's bad again. Oh, Sideshow Bob's got a kid now. Like <laughs> what? What is happening? Did that did that happen? Sideshow Bob has oh, a yeah, kid. Oh yeah, he totally had a family like in Italy or something. Jeez. All right. That's the only awesome. way I know about that was because I played Tapped Out. <laughs> and they were like little characters in the Tapped Out game. <laughs> okay. No. Oh, yeah. Like it's, wow. it's just totally insane. Um, but I can watch. That's one of those shows where I can just turn on like old episodes. And, mm-hmm. and I've, I've, I've seen some of those episodes like at least a hundred times. Oh yeah. Like, at least. So, well, I found that like we have, uh, I just found it with my keel package. I have, uh, the FXX. Oh thing. yeah. And you can watch every episode. Yeah. It's all on there in demand. Every I didn't know that. Ever. It's like it's lot. crazy. And they have like playlists mm-hmm. and like, cause I remember like I had that app. And like I was like, man, I would love to watch some Christmas episodes. Like when Christmas came around, and they were like, "Here's all the Simpsons Christmas episodes." I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> and like the Halloween episodes. I mean, the later ones have gotten pretty ridiculous, but those are like a staple. Like, yeah, I remember the first when the first one aired, and like everybody was talking about it in school, and then mm-hmm. it became like this thing, like every year where when. My parents, I remember because a couple years it actually aired on Halloween, like when I was in junior high school, I think. Yeah. And um, and I remember my mom, the, the year my mom was like, you can't trick-or-treat anymore, you're too old. <laughs> <laughs> I was in eighth grade, and I didn't think that was too old. I was like, I think that's on the bubble. <laughs> and because um, and, I lived, the thing is, I lived in such an awesome trick-or-treating neighborhood oh. when I was growing up, and like... Every year, my brother and I got like better and better at like what we did, and we like to the point where I this was, really well. Oh, dude, we <laughs> had we would extend our range by setting up midpoint bathroom stops at like friends' houses, <laughs> like so we could go for like miles, like and we'd come back. I remember we had like double pillow sacks, like by the end of our <laughs> reign, like. Cause I remember, you know, you graduate, like as a kid, you first, you start off with like your little like McDonald's pumpkin uh-huh. or like, you're like whatever. And then like, once you get to pillowcases, like it's on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but yeah, so, so that we yeah, had a year, I think this was like probably like this, but, but then I remember not being so bummed because then I could watch the Halloween special, like when it aired, which was a yeah. big deal. And then I had the jump, I had the, I jumped, I had the jump on it. Like the next day at school, because people would watch like the next day because they were trick or treating or whatever. Right. But yeah, Simpsons, awesome. And um, and then what else? Okay, so I got I got some notes here. Mm-hmm. So you run a website called AgentsOfGuard.com. Yeah, I co-write Tell us it with a little them. bit about that. Yeah, I co-write it with six other folks. Uh, basically, uh, uh, we blog. Whatever we feel like we we're really into, most of it, you know, generally it's it's nerdy, it's nerdy geek stuff. So it's comic mm-hmm. books, video games, movies, um, books, uh, anime. Um, for uh, we have a couple, we actually had a couple ones about D and D. I made a lot of articles about D and D and role playing games. So nice. it's a lot of it's just opinion pieces, um, some news here and there. But we're not all of us have like day jobs and lives, so we really yeah. can't be on top of the news as much as we would like to. Um, that's why I kind of put a lot of my opinion pieces on there for movies and, and directors and comic books, movies and things like that. Um, mostly, yeah, where we, we just run that uh, as a site for just for putting our opinions out there. And there's like seven uh, quote-unquote agents who mm-hmm. write on the site and a couple of guys we call reserve agents who write 
when they feel like it, but we have seven regular consistent Like your Matt Benson's? <laughs> I have a, yeah, like our Matt Benson's. I really enjoyed his X-Files articles. I thought they were pretty spot on. They were good, yeah. I haven't even Especially because it helped me, like, because cause I was watching and I'm like, is this bad? I feel <laughs> this is bad. And then I'd read, like, Benson's article. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, I'm not crazy. Because, like, I would, like, for me, like, those episodes were, like, 50-50 bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, it, no, Matt's, yeah, if you haven't, yeah, check it out. If you, if you were conflicted on your feelings on, on, on the, on the, on the X-Files season that they just did, Matt kind of nailed it in the head, I thought. Yeah. Um, actually, I even used his, like, kind of, uh, he did this, like, article about the, like, the, the episodes to watch before the season mm-hmm. when it came out. And I actually used that as a guide to revisit the show before I started watching the new show again as a good yeah. reminder of what I liked about it. So, Like, I wasn't as upset as some people were about, like, some of the choices they made, probably because it's been so long since I watched a show. And I had stopped watching. I stopped watching. Like, I watched the first few seasons like, of the original show, like, religiously, and then, like, I gave up on that show, like, even, like, (laughs) I thought, I thought the, like, the original show, like, went into, like, like, Jump the Shark, which most people, when you really think about it, when they really think about it, like, you can even get a diehard fan to be like, yeah, like, especially, (laughs) like, when, like, like, when, when at the point where, like, neither Mulder or Scully were on the show. Yeah. They were trying, and I think that was the thing where it's like, you just... You can tell they're really, trying to keep that show going, and the reality is like, yeah, no, something's lost, and it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, and I, I was an extra on an episode, but it was like right towards the tail end where they were both still on it. Seriously, what episode was that? Yeah, it's the episode where. Okay, so um, they they it's, um it's the episode with uh, Randall Tex Cobb where there's doppelgangers and he's a wrestler. Okay, and they filmed a wrestling scene at the L.A. Olympic Arena. Mm-hmm. And this is where I kind of got a taste of how the business actually is. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this will be like a afternoon thing. Like, cause I found out about it. Not, I wasn't a huge, I wasn't like a total like X-Files fan. I was a hardcore wrestling fan. Yeah. And this was in 2000. And I was a huge ECW fan. Rob Van Dam was like my favorite wrestler. Mm-hmm. And he, was a wrestler on that, like, he was a wrestler in the episode. He wrestled Randall Tex Cobb, um, of, of, uh, if you're a fan of, um, of, uh, Raising Arizona, he's the motorcycle apocalypse guy. Oh, wow. Bounty hunter guy. And, uh, so, so I, I found out on the ECW website that, like, if you want to be an extra and meet Rob Van Dam, like, sign up here. So my roommate and I did it. And I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. And then I got these crazy instructions <laughs> and, and then they're like, Oh, this is going to take two days. And I was like, Oh crap. And it was like two, it was two 13 hour days to, I swear to you, yeah. this wrestling scene is like maybe two minutes of the episode. Did and you no, we didn't get paid. We got free pizza. Well, I mean, that's, that's something. And that's, that's about <laughs> what you can expect as an extra. And like, it was, but it was the most bore, like, cause yeah. like nine tenths of it is just sitting around. And that's where I realized what a most, like, cause at first I was like thinking about trying to get into the business and like maybe getting PA work. Cause a bunch of my friends were doing stuff like that. Yeah. And, and then I saw like what the PAs actually did. Uh, and yeah. I was like, Oh God. 
Like, no, uh, thank you. I was a um, PA. I was a PA. That was my main job for about five years after film school was being a PA. And yeah. You, man, it's, it's rough. But that's paying your dues right there. But there's a thing where it's like paying your dues and then I would <laughs> – I would still say doing being a PA if you're if you're a filmmaker who's starting out. I still say definitely be a PA for as long yeah. as you because it's if not like people say paying the dues. People say, um, but also you learn about like everything about a film set. Yeah, and I think for me it's like when you see how the higher my personal game for me is that when you see how the higher ups yeah treat the lower downs and you see how things don't get done if they aren't being treated properly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a big lesson from that. Like, I've, the last shoot I did as a PA is a skateboarding video. Oh, I saw that on your IMDb page. Yeah, um, that was terrible. That was the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> and the producers were, well, I mean, I probably should never going to work with these people again, so I'm not worried about ruining this part of my life. But they were terrible, and um, the director was awful. Like, it was just awful fits, and just the, the I don't know, just just seeing how they treated us, the PAs, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the end of it, and just seeing how the rest of the crew's morale higher than us, each step got worse and worse. And for me, it's like if you're not respectful to the people on the, if you at the top are not respectful to uh, to everybody involved, then I think your shoot uh, doesn't go well. And you know, people, you know, generally the whole point is that you have a whole crew of hundreds of people. You have to keep, you know, I wouldn't say keep happy, but you have to make sure that everyone knows what they're doing and everyone knows what their their job is. And if you're treating everybody like they are uh, things you can move around, mm-hmm. um, then you know you know things don't get done to the fast to the degree you want them to get done. And you learn that by being a PA and seeing some from someone from the top do that to people. And you know I, you know uh, that's why I say start as a PA, but don't expect this being a PA to lead into bigger you know leading to a directing gig or etc. I just say learn as much as you can take the lessons you can get from it and then move on and try to figure out what your next step is, but not relying on being a PA for your next step. Yeah. 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 So I know that there's my two cents advice to anybody who's listening to that. Uh, but it was, yeah, I've worked on big projects and small projects, but I was, that was a crazy five years of my life. That was ups and downs, mostly downs. <laughs> so PA. Do you, um, are, do you have, do you have a phone? All right. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Cause I can hear myself. Yeah. Yeah, I can hear it. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I think something, I don't know what happened. Okay. Um, all right. So what's your, so have you determined that next step or where are you at? Like with your creative pursuits? Um, creative, uh, I do have a day job right now, but, uh, creative pursuits. I've, um, I've definitely been, uh, setting up a, uh, a new music video that I'm going to direct. Uh, low budget music video. I've, uh, I got a, I'm at a associate producer on a feature film. Oh, wow. That's, nice. Uh, we, I, we have to still wait on some funding, but it's like, a, I'll kind of go, we did a Kickstarter on the film a couple of years back, but now we got even bigger funding, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully coming in. But I, uh, I did some, uh, story notes on that, did some punch ups on the script and, uh, that's a film that's going to be, if it works out, it'll be crazy. It's going to be the superhero comedy Filipino American story. I think the way I kind of tell it's like it's like the Filipino machete. Nice the way I kind of pitch it. It's going to be crazy and goofy and hopefully a lot of fun. And um, uh, I, yeah, the title as of now, the title is called Lumpia Two. Um, and I think the official title will be revealed much later. But 
Um, yeah, that's the next big project I'm, I'm involved in. Um, and you know, a bunch of other like short films and other things I'm trying to get my, wrap my head around and, uh, a column book I've been, de- I've been working on with a friend of mine too. So. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're doing a lot of different stuff. I'm, I'm trying like, to... Is that the, is that the web comic or is it an actual comic book? It'll be a web comic. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of web comics. As everybody knows, we have our yes. web comics. I think you've attended one of our panels. No, not yet. Are you oh, okay. doing WonderCon? Yeah, we're doing WonderCon. What day? So speaking of that, let's get, we got to take some care of some business. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> if you don't mind. Uh, so we will be at WonderCon. Um, we're going to be there Saturday, March 26th. Our panel is at, from, they have announced the schedule. So it's, um, it's up online. There's lots of cool stuff happening. I'm very excited. Uh, hopefully I can finally go to a Bob's Burgers panel. That's on Friday. Oh. <laughs> um, and then Phil is super excited because his idol, which I'm, I wish Phil was here to defend himself, because I, I'm, I don't know, it always elicits. But Phil loves M Night Shyamalan. Really? Yeah. All right. <laughs> and, uh, um, so Shyamalan's gonna be here because apparently I didn't know this. They're doing a Wayward Pine season two. Really? Yeah. People watch season one? No offense. Uh, I had heard it got canceled, but I guess that got uncanceled. (laughs) Cause that, that seems to happen now. Like I think somebody else picked it up or something happened. That's, yeah, that's true. So he's actually going to be there cause we were at, cause I remember I was with Andrew Lindy and Matt Benson cause we went to the, um, we were at the Wayward Pines season premiere panel because it was before the, uh, um, at WonderCon last year, because it was before the Last Man on Earth panel, which is what we actually were there for. And I remember watching the Wayward Pines pilot with them, and we were just like, this is terrible. But, of course, <laughs> Phil loved it. And and that's where I kind of got on this whole thing with Phil, because I'm like, have you watched Twin Peaks? And he had never seen Twin Peaks before. Because it's a total Twin Peaks ripoff. Mm, that's what it looked like. Um And... I don't know. I mean, added with some Shyamalan bullshit. I mean, like, <laughs> well, it's based on a book, I guess. I don't know. Um, anyway, so Phil's excited because Shyamalan's actually going to be there. And, but knowing Phil, like Phil, but I don't know, that seems like something where Phil will actually wait in line for and actually try and get there. Cause Phil always says like, Oh, he's one of those guys where he's like, Oh yeah, I want to do that. But then like, cause you know how it is at cons, like for a lot of that stuff, like you got to be willing to camp out and, Wait yeah. in line a long time, and Phil's not really down with that, which is cool. I mean, I've I've gotten in my older age, like I'll only really wait for like big stuff. Like, yeah, um, we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, so WonderCon, we're gonna be there. It's uh, March 25th through the 27th at the LA Convention Center this year, um, and our panel is Saturday from 8:30 to 9:30 in the PM. I think they like putting oh, us nice. in those. Yeah, we. We, we actually, like, at Comic-Con, we had, like, the biggest attendance of an after 7 p.m. panel they ever had. Nice! <laughs> I, think I think that's where we're locked in, which is awesome. I'm mm-hmm. totally cool with it. Um, but we are going up against the Masquerade this year, which I don't know if... I don't think the Masquerade's as big of a deal at WonderCon, but whatever. Um, right. If you're a cosplay person, that's a big deal, but... Um, and so it's going to be in room 502A, and that's our Web Comics Advocates panel, and um, it's always a good time. And Andrew Lindy will be moderating our panel this year because, as we've said before, Josh Anderson is going to go see a cat band. <laughs> I remember that. 
I, I heard, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so first time moderator, Andrew Lindy. Maybe the last time. We'll see. <laughs> That's the, so basically Andrew, don't screw this up if you're listening to this episode. I think um, he'll do a fine job. That's why we selected him. I, I think Andrew would do good too. Yeah. Benson was a little upset. But uh, is um, it because you asked Andrew first instead of him? Or was that? I mean, I, that was, yeah. He, I mean, I don't know. Just being, well, I don't want to get into it, but I mean, I just Andrew seemed like a lot. He seems more of a moderator to me. <laughs> um, Anyways, <laughs> so you're, are you going to be a WonderCon? I will. Yeah, definitely. Um, Saturday and Sunday for sure. I, I'm going to have to skip out the first day, but yeah. yeah. I'll be there for sure. I'm still trying to evaluate if I want to take the, I was thinking about taking the Metro out there mm-hmm. just because the parking situation at the LA, Con- LA Convention Center is always very dicey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless you want to park like in a not nice area. <laughs> and I've done that too for that convention oh, center. Oh yeah. Well, I've done it for like, I mean, I, I go to Staples sometimes for WWE events and I, I'm just apprehensive this time because the last time I went to Hell in a Cell and I have this, I have this set of lots that I usually go to that are like five bucks, but they're yeah. like in downtown. And, yeah. um, at a, after a certain period, after a certain time of night, it's not very safe. And yeah. I actually got followed to my car. <laughs> oh, and luckily there was other people in the area and I just, but uh, yeah, after that, I'm like, uh, and that's yeah, where little- again, I just don't see – there's a lot of speculation, you know, about Comic-Con and everything. And yeah. um, the reason why WonderCon is in L.A. this year is because they're doing they're doing um, renovations and construction in Anaheim. Uh-huh. Um, because I just don't see L.A. as a viable place to have it. No, I agree. Because yeah. you don't have – because, like, as I've said before, like, as soon as you leave that L.A. Live area – you're in like the worst part of downtown Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, we don't have, cause like Comic Con like takes over the whole gas lamp. Like mm-hmm. in Anaheim, you have like downtown Disney and all that stuff. Right. Um, which I still don't think is the best, but that's just me. Um, I prefer, I love Comic Con. Like I love it. Yeah. And I just don't, I, I hope San Diego gets their shit together. I really do. Yeah. I know, I know that they've got this major construction happening. Oh. Yeah, and I'm just concerned now because yeah. freaking Spanos, I don't know if you're familiar with the whole Chargers drama. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not, actually. Well, so he's now – so basically they were going to leave San Diego, and um, and now they're not. And mm-hmm. he's proposing in because basically Comic-Con has said, look, we need two things. <laughs> and this is all – and it's a very simple – It's they're not like crazy demands. They're like, we need you to expand your convention center. (laughs) Um, And already, San Diego Convention Center is falling behind both Anaheim and LA. Mm -hmm. So it's something they need to do anyways. Right. And, and then they are, they're like, and also the local hotels need to stop it with the price gouging. Yeah. Cause that's gotten out of control. Yeah. It's absolutely nuts. Um, so. And that, those to me seem like very reasonable things and they keep extending their deadlines. Cause this was, I remember this, this has been going on since like 2008, Mm -hmm. like this ongoing, like 
like trying to work with, and then the city is like being crazy. But now Spanos, the owner of the Chargers, is like, well, what I propose we do is because he wants a new stadium and he doesn't want to pay for it. He's like, I propose that San Diego builds a multi-use facility that would be a football stadium and a convention center, which that's a terrible idea. <laughs> and that's like, that's like, I mean, like, I just, how would that even work? Yeah. And also it's never going to happen that the city would, that the taxpayers would fund like as the, the San Diego, the city of San Diego is like super fiscally conservative and politically for that matter. Like I, like that's like, they would never approve that ever. (laughs) So I don't know. I think it's all, it's all, it's all. So now that this convention thing's tied up in the whole chargers mess, I'm a little concerned because I just don't want to see San Diego. I don't want to see Comic-Con leave San Diego. No, I love it. I love that town too much over there, too. I yeah. think it's such a great, it's such a lovely, it's like downtown San Diego is such a great place to hang out, even when it's not yeah. Comic-Con. It's, it's wonderful. It's like clear California in all the good ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, and man, I just, yeah, like, I, no, like, <laughs> I, I've tried, I've gone to the uh, LA Convention Center a couple times for several events, and every time I, I go there, I just kind of go, ugh, fine, I have to be here. Yeah, oh yeah, like, Plus, I don't think people realize, like, it gets hot even in downtown, like, in San Diego, and that's, like, right by the ocean. Yeah. Like, I don't think people want to be, like, L.A. in July? Like, no. Mm-hmm. No, like, no. That's no. going to suck. Well, it's, I'm hearing the same people who, like, Paul talked about, like, who well, maybe they could move it. I think the, the people in Vegas are trying to convince oh, them. Oh, my God, and no. That's a terrible idea. That would be the worst. That, that yeah. to me, is, like, the worst. Like, yeah. I would... I don't know. I don't, I mean, like, I, there isn't, there is, I just, the idea of me not going to Comic Con is insane, but that's where mm-hmm. I probably start thinking about it. Like, like, do I really want to drive all the way to, to Vegas? I just and, think the Vegas vibe is wrong. And also, Vegas in July is like, 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 that's a death oh, hole. No, it's, no. And also, like, and also, like, Vegas itself is just like, I don't know, cause like, that's, that's every convention's there, and it's, I don't know, it's seedy and, Mm-hmm. It just doesn't have the vibe. Like, and plus we wouldn't, they don't need Comic-Con. They, they could don't. care less. Like, <laughs> like, like, and it, like, I love how like Comic-Con has taken over. Like, I love like you can go anywhere in the gas yeah. lamp and it's like Comic-Con is everywhere. There's yeah. people everywhere. It's fun. It's safe. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like, it's, it's even adorable when you see like the not that great efforts, you know, yeah. like the yeah. McDonald's and they'll just slap. They got, they, they clearly went to a party city and bought like <laughs> wrapping paper of yeah. like comic book superheroes and went, Oh, that's cute. That's good enough. I'll take it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> crying. I appreciate that. You know, totally. Hmm. Well, speaking of continuing on with our business here, just don't forget everybody. Listen to the show on Stitcher. Thumbs up on Stitcher. Go to radiobrendo.com. Click. You can get the link there. And, um, also be sure to listen to all the Benview Network podcasts, including Justin's show, Benview on Spielberg. You guys just talked about um, Empire of the Sun, mm-hmm. which I'd and, never uh, have seen. Did, uh, Last Crusade, actually, after that. Okay. That was a more serious. Uh, and then tomorrow's episode, which will be the 15th, we will be releasing always. I'm behind then. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm getting behind. But I had <laughs> never, I've never seen Empire of the Sun, mm-hmm. which you hadn't before you saw it. What did you think? It was interesting. Um uh, I think there's a lot to admire in that movie. I mm-hmm. think, um, 
some parts of that film are, are really excellently well executed really well. Uh, it did kind of lose me here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Christian Bale though, little baby, little baby Batman. Or, that was you know, his first Batman. movie, wasn't it? That's his first film. He's great in it. Um, Malkovich, a pure Malkovich, pure good old eighties <laughs> Malkovich. He's so good in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of, there's some parts of it doesn't really work overall for me, but I think it's a ambitious effort that I really overall liked. Mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm-hmm. so you can listen to that on benvynetwork.com. Also check out all the other shows. Um, don't forget to check out Phil's new show that he does with his wife, Janelle, Mandarin Orange Show. There's also a new Benview podcast show called The Podcast Review. Yeah. Which sounds really cool. Like yeah. apparently it is a show that he reviews podcasts. It is a podcast yeah. about podcasts. It's pretty pretty meta. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's cool though. I like I mean he he talks about a lot of podcasts that I'm interested in. It's mostly comedy podcasts. He talks about get up on this. He talks about he actually interviews people from the shows and when he can and other stuff. Seems like a pretty cool show. Um so yeah, check out all those, benvnetwork.com. Also, this is this is new information. Like we've been warning you about this. If you missed your chance to get a free domain name with our DreamHost promotion, I'm sorry, but your time is up. So now, if you want to save fifty dollars off your hosting order at DreamHost.com, you no longer use the promo code. They got rid of the promo codes. Just go to RadioBrendo.com and click the DreamHost link, and you will save fifty dollars off your hosting order. And you'll help out the show. Another way to help out the show, Justin, do you use Amazon Prime? I do. It's pretty awesome, right? It is pretty awesome. <laughs> it's great. Well, if you want to try, you the listener, want to try Amazon Prime, you can get a 30-day free trial of Amazon Prime by going to RadioBrendo.com and clicking that link. And even if you don't have Prime or you already do, um, you can use our Amazon referral link to buy stuff. We got some stuff. Amazon, uh, do you, what do you, what do you, what do you, what is your last purchase on Amazon? Uh, practical. It was a, it was a charger for my, for my it's great top. for that stuff, right? But look, right away, it came, it came to my place right away. It was really it's nice. It's insane, like, how fast they've gotten with their shipping. Mm-hmm. They got, yeah, got they have all the episodes of Batman, the animated series there too. That's oh yeah, weird. like their instant watch library is great. Mm-hmm. It's like a good, supplement to like Netflix and all that stuff. And they've got stuff that Netflix doesn't have. Yeah. And, Cause it's been my experience that if something drops off of Netflix or vice versa, it's mm-hmm. usually on the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> for the most part. But like Dr. Who is now on Amazon. Yeah. So, yeah. They put, they're it back on yeah. It was on so, Netflix. So I'll move it over there. So people go to our Amazon link and they buy stuff and then we reread out the things that they buy. Cause it's just a fun thing. We don't have much stuff this week. Um, again, you talk about practical. This is about as practical as it gets. Um, we got some Hanes undershirts. There you go. Both black and white. I mean, there you go. Just buy your, you don't need to even go to the clothes store huh. to buy clothes these days. <laughs> I buy my jeans on Amazon. It's great. Really? Huh. Yeah. Once I, once you know, like I know my size and everything, like, and I know the brand, cause you know, jeans, like everyone is different. But once I got yeah. that locked in, yeah, I just buy them on Amazon, like, cause you can get them really cheap. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, then, then we got some, somebody must have maybe a new pet or pet problems, cause we got a Bissell, um, 
full size carpet cleaner like a pet for pets for pet stains. <laughs> and the um formula that cuz I guess this is like a steam thing. Hey, you, again, you can buy everything in there. Somebody once bought a toilet. Like a full on toilet. Um, also, don't forget to check out our Radio Brendo Man Facebook group. Lots of cool links and stuff on there. And our subreddit. You can get links to those at RadioBrendo.com. We've got our Clicker Heroes Clan, which is a game on Steam and on the web. And that's the radio, the clan name is Radio Space Brendo Man. So you've already talked about Mandarin Orange Show. Talked about WonderCon. We have Phil and I have a new project because we're working on some new things. So we have our webcomics advocates, which is where we, that's the organization through which we do panels on webcomics. We have a new group called Podcast Advocates. And the website for that is podcastadvocates.com. Go ahead and like us on Facebook. And we got some big things coming up involving a new convention. Um, it's going to be called Comic Con. Palm Springs out here. Um, I live in Yukaipa, but Palm Springs is about 40 minutes away. Justin, I don't know if you're, you've been to Palm Springs, right? I've been there. Well, yeah, I've been. I've been. Well, like a long time ago. <laughs> they're starting a convention out there and we're going to be doing podcasting stuff. Nice. Hopefully bringing along some of our Benview Network buds and, but we're still in the early planning stages. So nothing is 100% confirmed yet, but we are. Confirmed that we're going to be doing stuff. That's basically through our new group, Podcast Advocates, in partnership with the Benview Network. So very excited about that. So back to you, Justin. Yeah. Um, you went to, you graduated from the LA Film School? That's it. Yep. So how is that? Well, you went to Cyprus first? Yeah. And that's where you met Benson and those guys? Well, kind of weirdly. I met Benson after my time at LA Film School. Oh, okay. So, um, because I had another friend who went to, who was still going to Cyprus at the time. And oh, you're friends with, with Nathan, right? That's, yeah. That's, I met Nathan at uh, Cypress College. So. Okay. Cause I know you guys got your whole group and various people know people through different things, but that's cool to know. Yeah. Nate, no, Nate's also a fellow writer on the, on the Agents of Guard side too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, so went to Cyprus, uh, then you went to LA Film School. What was that? So you went to Cyprus to mm-hmm. study film at Cyprus, though, right? Yeah, I did. Um, and you I wanted more out. film studies. I, w- I did film studies with uh, and screen. I learned screenplay writing and film studies over there, and that's kind of where I knew that's that's the life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I took a screenplay class, and my teacher really loved what I wrote, and I still keep. I, I actually still have with me like the. The, the 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 write-up he did about my what he thought of my script and it still kind of motivates me today because it was really encouraging and I think the key thing is because like, I wrote a uh, 15 pages of a high school comedy mm-hmm. uh, and he basically told me back like I don't watch movies I don't watch these movies these high school films but after reading your script I'll watch yours which is blew my mind so uh, that's, how I there. that's awesome. Yeah, I was no. If there's no other reason for me to keep trying to figure this out, I mean, it was that. This is a guy who says his favorite film is like The Seventh Seal. You know? Holy shit! Yeah. So, um, so I went to film school, uh, LA Film School, and that was. Uh, it's the thing that I think is the best decision I've done. At the same time, a decision kind of bit me in the butt because of student loans. Yeah. Uh, I won't go into that, but 
but I will say that year at film school was amazing. And it was like kind of like film camp is the best way I can describe it. It's like mm-hmm. the full year of just like you're going to, you're taught everything. You're, and then you make a movie, right? Like make a movie. And that's, that's, you know, I got to do, uh, I did a martial arts comedy. I had a friend who did like an X file sci-fi like, you know, thriller. I had a friend who did a, uh, a weird Tim Burton inspired noir film. Everyone just kind of did their own thing. I had a friend who did a World War One movie that was, I don't know where he got the money, but it looked great. Mm. So, so I know no, it was a great, it was a good experience, but like, um, definitely things to take from it were, were basically learning how to communicate with a crew. Uh, if you want to be a director, um, uh, but also the, the, there were some things in the program that I, I know they don't do anymore, but back when I was there, it was definitely a, like you kind of sense that the last two months were like, all right, well, hurry up and get out of here. <laughs> so, oh well. But it was cool. It was it was a great experience. I, I'm still friends with a lot of those folks I went to film school with. So that's cool. I have a I have a friend that went to, I guess it's different. The LA Film Academy is that the, that's a different one. A different one, yeah. Yeah. So I know there's a few of those schools. <laughs> Screw those guys. Screw those guys. <laughs> but it's kind of the same thing, and. Uh-huh. Um, but he's still like again. You make a movie, and he still he met a lot of people through there, and they try and help yeah. each other out, you know, and work together on stuff, and that's always good. Yeah, um, I have one of my I think the, my group of friends, the one who's most successful, he worked for the Weinstein Company for a really long time, being like one of their set, one of their main sound editors and such. Like he, I think he did a lot of work on Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon two, that just came out on Netflix. Yeah, I actually just started watching it. I wanted to ask you, like, have you seen that yet? I don't, not yet. I'm a little hesitant on it. It's I I've, I've I I mean, first of all, I just had to realize like there like, I mean, um, I I'm very I've always been mixed on Wu Ping as a director. Yeah, yeah. And but yeah. I get they needed some kind of detachment to the first film, so I get why they did that. Yeah. Um, Michelle Yeoh is great. Um, and what I've I've like I just started it, so like Donnie Yen's not in it that much yet. And I'm I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, same Um, some of the other guys, ugh, and the girl <laughs> that they got that's supposed to look like that, like, is their replacement for Zhang Ziyi, but is not her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they but, got oh, Carrie Shum from like Glee, right? Yeah, that was really weird. Okay. There's some weird casting choices and it just, you can tell again, like they did the best they could with the money they had. But again, going from Ang Lee and like Crouching Tiger is one of my favorite movies. Thank you. And, and, and I love it. And like visually. So again, going from like Ang Lee, one of the most beautiful films ever made and also one of the greatest scores with Yo-Yo Ma to not Ang Lee, and yeah. <laughs> basically a generic martial arts movie score. It's kind of jarring. I, yeah, no, and that was my big concern with it. Is like, and so I just, I just have to keep thinking, like, okay, like this. I mean, it's cool with like they got the Green Destiny sword, and like all this stuff. There's some cool scenes, but I don't know. I don't. I'm, I'm my verdict's still out. I'm, I'm a little hesitant. Like, like the reviews are terrible. Yeah, but I'm, oh. I'm, I'm trying to be open minded. Well, no, I mean, like, as soon as I realized it's not Ang Lee and it's Wu Ping directing it, my brain went, okay, so it's just going to be an action movie. That's And that's pretty much what it is. Okay. With some homages to Crouching Tiger. And I'm kind of, I'm so glad you do, you're a fan of the first one. I, I meet Oh, people. God. I love that movie to the point where, like, 
I had some, I mean, I, I guess I was deluding myself, but like, I remember like when Gladiator won for best picture, I was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how much I love that movie. Cause yeah. I was like, Gladiator is bullshit. <laughs> and this is like the greatest, like, I love that movie. I mean, I love what it did for like, it kind of, again, it was one of those groundbreaking movies and it opened the floodgates for a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, Cause like then we got like Johnny Moe and like all that stuff. And that was getting, and also like, it was just stuff that never would have been released here before was actually getting released here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And as a fan of like Asian cinema, that's always a big deal is access. Yeah. Like exactly. <laughs> to the point. So like anything that can open the door a little further, mm-hmm. I'm totally like, I love. So you, uh, a guy that had a region player. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I language, <laughs> I, I, I actually, when DVD players first came out, I bought an Apex that you could, there was like a code that you could put in that would make it region free. I remember that, yeah. And I had that. Yeah. And, and then I, I remember making trips up, when I lived to Biola, I would make trips up to Chinatown and buy like whatever I could buy, you know, like yeah. whatever I could get my hands on. And then I actually lived in China for nine months. Really? Yeah. And (laughs) that was like the greatest thing ever because I watched everything. And like, we got stuff before it came out here. Like I watched, um, I watched, uh, Kitano's, um, Zato Ichi, like before it even came out here. (laughs) And like, I remember telling people about, I'm like, Oh, it's fucking great. And and cause I'm a huge Takeshi Kitano fan. Um, Battle Royal, I love Battle Royal, like I love yep. all that stuff. So as, as living in China for when I did, like it was, it's, I mean, it is, it's everything I thought it was going to be and more. Cause like <laughs> DVDs are basically free. Um, and you can get any, like as I just, I, cause I had, I had a DVD lady and That's I would go, lady. oh yeah, like she, she, cause she had this, like there was like this kind of mini mall place. And I became friends with this lady that ran this DVD stand to the point where she's like, what do you like? And I was like, I like martial arts movies. I like weird Japanese movies. I want South Korean movies. And she, so she would just bring me stuff and like stuff I didn't even know, like, like there weren't actual DVDs of, but they can make anything a DVD there. You know? <laughs> um, so I, for a lot of it, um, the sadly half of my collection never made it back here. Ugh. Um, I think customs got a hold of it because <laughs> I had to have it shipped. Right. Cause I couldn't fit it in my bag. Cause I bought, I bought like a thousand DVDs. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like it was crazy. I still have some of it. Like I, I'm, I'm, you were talking about Shaolin soccer. Mm-hmm. Like I have the real cut of the movie. Yeah. I, mean, so, I do too, but it's, 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 uh, it's getting there. It's, it's, it's getting to that point. I played it so much. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like, and, and I had, I had all of Stephen Chow's movies, mm-hmm. especially back then, like, some of his stuff still hasn't been released here. Yeah. Like some of his older stuff. Mm-hmm. I was really and, stoked to see that Netflix actually had King of, uh. Yeah, King they put, well, Netflix, Netflix is kind of awesome for fans of that stuff. Like, they have a ton of Shaw Brothers movies. Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> which is kind of blowing my mind. Um, yeah, no, I think but for me, like, King of Beggars is, like, an obscure Stephen Chow movie, yeah. and I love it, but, like, I saw that on Netflix, and I just, I actually, I told Benson that day, but, Matt, you gotta watch that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I, I mean, I, I remember I, I was in Thailand, 
um, when uh, Kung Fu Hustle came out and I got to see it in the theater. Mm-hmm. And this again was like months before it came out in the US. And I remember sending, like, I posted on my blog, I'm like, everybody needs to see this movie. It's amazing. <laughs> and like, people were like, it's not even out here. And I was like, oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, it's going to come out, and I think it did. I think it got a theatrical, maybe. It got yeah. a huge American release. Oh, that's right. Okay, that was his big, because that was his big thing. Yeah. Right? That was probably, that even got a better, that definitely got a better release than Shadow Soccer. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, it came out uncut by, from Sony Pictures, and they did a pretty good job releasing that movie. And yeah. people, a lot more people know about that one. That one has a more steady rotation yeah. than, than Shadow Soccer, which yeah. I'm hoping Someone, uh, someone get that gives me a proper new version of that on DV, on Blu-ray soon. And are you um, a fan of like uh, and like of also of like Chinese dramas at all, like Wong Kar Wai type stuff? Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, so like that's I didn't get I didn't even know about that stuff till I moved. I lived in China and I had a friend who kind of introduced me to all that. And again, because it was so easily accessible, so mm. I watched all those movies to the point where. Um, our fandom kind of took us, almost got us murdered. Oh, sorry. Um, our fandom <laughs> almost got us murdered because we were we had just watched Chungking Express, mm-hmm. and we went to Hong Kong, and we stayed in the Chungking mansions. Uh huh. Never stay in the Chungking mansions. <laughs> okay, so take that off the list of things to do. Got it. Don't. Uh, I mean, it's you can go there. They have like. You can go, there's like businesses on like the bottom floor. Like if you're big enough of a fan, I would say that's the extent of what you should do. Cause, um, mm-hmm. it was as close to a hostile type experience that I ever want to have. <laughs> it was very scary. I'll just say that. Right. <laughs> I thought I was going to get murdered and kid or, and or kidnapped. And or, yeah, it was about the shadiest place I've ever been in my entire life <laughs> to the point where my friend who lived in Hong Kong, I called him because I wanted to visit him, and he's like, oh, great, where are you staying? We're like, Chunking Manji's like, I'm going to come pick you up right now, and you're not staying there anymore. <laughs> and so we ended up staying at his place yeah. for the rest of our trip there. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, so, so that's cool. I mean, you're, you're a big, you, you want your, so are you, are you headed more in a direction of, like, what have you made? Like, are you a director? You want to write, or are you a jack of all trades kind of guy? Um, I think I've tried to be a jack of all trades at one point. I are you trying to uh, specialize now? I think so. I mean, I'm trying to figure out what I'm really good at. And like, yeah. I do remember Robert Rodriguez being kind of a huge influence on me growing up. Um, his book Rebel Without a Crew was it's a the, great book. It's amazing. It's, it's absolutely a great book because it is that book that if you don't want to be a filmmaker after that book. I don't know what will, I don't know who yeah. that person you are. Cause that book, that, that, that book just made you go, you can do it. And I went, I think I can. And, um, I try to be a jack of all trades in that regard. And I'm starting to, you know, but as the years go on, I realize like, okay, so I suck at sound capturing mm-hmm. at, at sound recording. I suck at, uh, at some elements here and there, but I, uh, I kind of realized like, what are, where are places I really like doing? I mean, sadly, uh, and I mean, say sadly because it's not like a easy job to get, but I do really love directing. Um, and then, uh, I like writing, but man, I suck at really finishing something on my own. And I realize I'm a person who likes to collaborate with somebody. Yeah, I do what I did and get a partner. Yeah, no, and I do. I have, I, I, I'm teaming up with several folks uh, on stuff. That's really good. Uh, yeah. I worked a lot with Nathan. Uh, uh, quite a bit. So once, like, because I had never finished a script in my life, I had like twenty different like 
partially completed or even three fourths completed. Yeah, and true. and as soon as like I Phil and I started working together, like we've written several things and it's like actually done. <laughs> we're working on various stages of actual production, which is awesome. That's awesome, yeah. We're actually working on a short right now with a friend of ours. It is seems he like it's actually going to be made. It's like the first thing that's actually going to happen. <laughs> what is it like? A, what can you tell me the genre of that one? It is going to be a comedy thriller. All right. <laughs> it's a, it's gonna it's a comedy that turns into a thriller. Okay. But, uh, nice. I don't know if that's a thing, but it's gonna I be a thing. That's a thing. That's a thing. Um, I, you can make it a thing. <laughs> but we're in the early stages there. Um, but um, we just we got this opportunity to work with a friend of ours that's actually made several shorts, and we're just like, man, we this we could actually get something made if we work with him. Yeah. And he was so just kind of this again, like we always try to encourage creative people and to get their stuff done. And I'm like, you got to jump on things when it the opportunities arise, man. And yeah. and also always having things, at least ideas, ready to go for when those opportunities do happen. Like, no, no, exactly. Maybe that, that seems to be the key. Like, I, I agree. I think I feel like if you have to, you can't keep putting too much things in one. You can't put everything in one basket. You know, all yeah. the eggs in one basket. You gotta try to have several baskets and fill yeah, them you can because eventually, because especially with movies and stuff, like shit happens all the time. Yeah, like I mean, like we've had some really crazy stuff happen where we've gotten so close to like things getting produced or like deals happening. And then like things can turn around and like drop of a freaking bucket, you know? Yeah. But drop of a hat. I don't know what the correct, (laughs) but uh, also, so going back to your, I would just, I just was cribbing some notes off your assorted biographies that I read. I did some research. Yeah. No, yeah. (laughs) Um, so you've been going to Comic Con since 1996, is that correct? That's correct. Man, that's you're a 20 year veteran. Yep. I thought I had a lot of years, but you, man, I I'm gonna point out something. I have I have no idea how I pulled that off. <laughs> I, I I grew up in San Diego, so I I mean I went once when it was like back in like a hotel. But <laughs> you truly, if you've gone every year since '96, you've truly seen like the evolution of what of comic-con yeah that's just it's nuts right like it's completely nuts i mean and then buying a ticket on a saturday morning yeah oh yeah well i always tell the story of in 2005 i drove up parked like a few blocks away no problem walked up bought a ticket and then walked into hall h yep (laughs) and then the next year i waited four hours to get a pass and then mm-hmm. the year after that, everything had sold out. Yeah. Like it was a bit, but it was also, it's crazy how fast things changed. <laughs> like in that level. But yeah. then just the evolution of like, cause like in 96, right? Like that would be like, that was like, oh, hey, Stan Lee's here or oh, Bruce Campbell's here. And yeah. that was a big deal. Like Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. And now that's like expected. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, right. Stan Lee has said though he's done with conventions. Really? I think he finally said he's this. I think he's doing one more, not Comic Con, and like that's it. Because he I mean he's ninety three. Well, shit, I better get to that one. I still have yet to 
pulled that trigger on meeting Stanley. Uh, I got to meet him thankfully through my various stuff that I got to do through mm-hmm. Smod Castle. Was very lucky. Oh, nice. He was awesome. Um, but no, you're right. It's like seeing the evolution of Comic Con from. I mean, here's the thing. Like, yeah, like you, you know why you go like going to Comic Con from day mm-hmm. one, and you have to kind of like remember why you like going to Comic Con when it gets crazy. <laughs> I'm sure you have some horror stories because you're a Hall H guy, aren't you? I am, but I've actually admitted. I even did a post about this, where like uh, on the site, where I've admitted that I think last year would be is going to be my last year for a while. Well, now with that whole like, because I remember, I think we actually went to go check up on you guys because yeah. you actually you were camping out. You were doing the wristband camp out thing, which I that that's insane. I've never I've done the camping out bef- two years before that. And I, to say that campout situation was different from the one you met, you saw me at. Well, that, that island where they had everybody on and there was like cockroaches and stuff. Yeah. I, here's the thing. And this is the reason why I decided I'm just not doing, doing this camping out anymore is that as I'm walking back in line, I, I had to go get something in the front of the line or some of that. And I walked back to my spot and I'm, it's cold. It's like midnight and I'm seeing families bundled up and looking depressed it, and it looks, looks horrible like, like you I, I, I want I'm like this is bad vibes bad vibes all over the place and I'm like going this is for a commercial for a movie I can't know <laughs> I can't justify this anymore absolutely not I can't do that anymore and like no nah, it's gonna be it's the thing I, I know when it's great it's great because I love being in that room but oh man, yeah I just I I can't imagine something I have to see that bad to go through to keep going through that again. I just can't imagine that for me. Were you there this year for Star Wars? What's up? Were you there for Star Wars this year? Uh, the Star Wars panel? Yeah. No, because I was waiting in line for Saturday. Uh, oh god! <laughs> I heard the concert. Like while we were yeah. waiting in line, I heard that amazing Star Wars concert, and we were like, "Oh, that sounds cool!" Like we were just waiting in line, and we hear the Star Wars theme, and we we're hearing. J.J. Abrams is on stage, and we're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> now Harrison Ford. Oh, so what's that. your greatest Comic-Con experience? Oh, sure. wow. Like, your favorite. Or some of the highlights, I guess, if you can think like, of I, one. I'll think. I'll give you a personal one and, like, a general cool, mm-hmm. like, everyone got the experience one. Uh, the general cool, everyone got the experience one, I feel like, for me, um, my Favorite Hall H day might have been like 2006 or seven, probably 2006. And I just remember every panel blew us, blew us away. And like, which one was that? What was God, one of those? I think 300, the 300 yeah. footage showed up. Um, I think, uh, oh my God, I totally forgot the rest, but I just remember being really excited and just ended on a good note, good feeling, mm-hmm. good vibe. And, we're stoked. We're all happy. That was like a really just good old fashioned Hall H day. Um, Sounds like my first Hall H day ever, which was the first Hall H day. <laughs> it was it was Saturday of 2005, mm-hmm. and it started off with Brian Singer coming out for Superman Returns. Yeah, that was and, good. And it was the first Kevin Smith Hall H, which became yeah. like the huge tradition. There was like Charlize Theron was there for uh, Eon Flux. Ian Flux, which it ended again, with a Tenacious D concert, right? Oh yeah, that was and that was the ending. Was Tenacious D was there? 
Yeah. That, cause Jack Black was there for King Kong, but then that was also Serenity. Yeah. You and, know what? I take that back. That. And Slither uh, and that uh, Slither panel. That was yeah. when I was like, Oh dude, that, um, cause that was James Gunn. Like that was his, that was the first time I'd see it. And I was like, this guy's hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. And he had a whole big rapport with like Nathan Fillion going on. And, and I just remember that, what I liked about that Slither panel is that James Gunn, was a smart enough guy to go, I know you're here for Firefly, so I'm going <laughs> to real quick, hopefully I'll entertain you guys, and then I'm out, because I don't want to waste your time. Yeah. But it was such a good panel. I think he, yeah, like, no, actually, I take that back. You're right. That's my favorite Because that Tenacious D concert was, oh. like, awesome. And that was that was great. And I, I stayed there all day. I could yeah. barely walk afterwards. Because <laughs> You couldn't, there wasn't, that was one like you couldn't even, there wasn't a food thing yet. Yeah. So, like, I remember I didn't eat. <laughs> I, didn't I had, a, I, I looked like you had like, if you lucky, you remember you brought like something snacks, but I don't think I, I did. didn't, I didn't realize what Hall H was. I didn't even, it wasn't anything I planned on. I just yeah. was like, oh, this seems cool. And yeah. then, and then as word got out, then there was a line. I was like, oh, I can't leave. <laughs> um, so that yeah, I think I take that back. It's you're right. That's the year. That's the year. That was like my favorite call, like one of my favorite comic guys experience. But I'll give you my personal one. And this yeah, is something that everybody's got one of these too. I love these. These are my favorite stories. The personal ones, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was. I call it con magic. Yeah, I was uh, 12 years old, and at the time, I thought I wanted to. As at the time, I was pretty sure I was going to be a comic book artist. Um, so I was waiting in line to meet uh, Paul Dini and Bruce Tim. Nice. And uh, as I was getting in line, I was hoping to have at least maybe I, I thought maybe Bruce Tim would draw something in my sketchbook, but I didn't. You know, I didn't know any better because um, he was just clearly signing some like yeah posters and stuff. And so Mike Carlin was there too, DC editor Mike Carlin. And I thought I asked for a, for a drawing, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, man." Like, okay, but I remembered I drew a picture of Batman, Robin, and Batgirl in my same sketchbook done in Paul's in Bruce's style. And I just went, well, can I just show you, oh, can I show you my, my Batman picture real quick? I didn't know why I thought of that real quick. Mm -hmm. I just figured, I just showed it to them. And they're like, yeah. And I busted out and Bruce and Paul were looking at it and Bruce was like, how old are you? 12? Really? Yeah. Oh, that must have been so awesome. (laughs) I couldn't draw as well when I was 12, kid. Like, that's really, and Bruce like, dude, that's really good. I love what you did here. And they were giving me some great point, like they were pointing out what they liked about the drawing, you know, and they showed it to Mike Carlin, where I was like, that's not bad. I'm like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> and even if he could be cynical and say, oh, they're just being nice. My brain's like, yeah, but that's amazing for them to go tell a 12-year-old kid to give him the inspiration to go, hey, that you that drawing is great. And for him to go, oh, uh, you inspired me to draw it. So, wow, thank you. So, no, it's, that was a really cool, that's something I, I still keep to this day. I think, yeah, that was an amazing that's an amazing one for me. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, I, I feel like Comic Con there could have been a point for me where it would have I would have soured on it, but then mm-hmm. I started going with Phil and Phil already has this very nonchalant attitude about everything. Yeah. Which as soon as I started adopting that attitude towards Comic Con, like things really turned around for me. Yeah. That's is, the way you gotta do it. I agree. You gotta like, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't really, I don't want to say you can't plan, 
But whatever you do plan probably won't happen <laughs> unless you want to like again like camp out or wait hours. Because I remember, I remember there was one year where I waited for three hours to get into Ballroom Twenty for Game of Thrones, and I didn't get in, and it was like devastating. And yeah. then I waited in line in Hall H with my friend Josh and his wife for another two hours, and we didn't get in. Yeah. And I was like, ugh. And like, that's all. And then I'm like, what am I doing? And then, but it was kind of like, you know, I always say it's like how I, it's like, um, Dr. Strangelove, how, how I, how I learned, how I learned, I stopped worrying and learned to love Comic-Con. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I feel now. And every, it's all every year since then has been great. I mean, mm-hmm. I always look back at like the year where Benson and I were like, all right, we're just going to do whatever. And yeah. we ended up doing everything. Yeah. And it didn't, but it was because we just kind of, like, like oh, this looks cool. Let's let's check this out. And if it's if not okay, and if it is, if we end up in, that's great. And we just everything happened. And like every year after that has been great. Yeah, I agree. I had I came up. I realized that same. I had that same realization like two three years ago too. And it's just every year. Uh, every year's a new lesson on how to handle Comic Con. But once yeah. I've adopted that mentality, like you, oh man, fucking yeah. I you really that. have to have because I've had friends that have like flown out from like far away and they plan everything and I'm already like oh no <laughs> and they had a horrible experience and they're like I'm never doing this again and I just feel bad yeah no I have one friend who's like oh I can't believe you're going again and he just because he had he, he did the same thing at one point and I'm like yeah but I don't know man like I want my friends I, I have a whole city that said that decided for a week to go we'll pretend to be into your thing yeah <laughs> and I'll go and I love it I think it's great you know um, and I, I think I had a good time. I like last year. I just like, all of a sudden a friend invited told me like, Hey, geek and sundry's got a thing going on. You want to go to that? I went, sure. I didn't have anything planned that night. And I had a, I had a, I had a blast and they gave out yeah. free drinks. So, I mean, like, what can you, yeah, you, like you said, you're right. It's like, you just got to go with the flow. If you're open to like, cause, cause if you're open and you, and you leave your schedule open, stuff will happen. There's so much going on that something will happen or there'll be an opportunity as long as you're receptive to it and you're open. Mm -hmm. You will will find it. I swear. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm one of those guys where like people will be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be at this thing at this time. And I'm like, I can't commit because I I don't, I have to leave myself. And I'm like, (laughs) if it happens, it happens, but I can't promise anything because and because when you start making plans and meeting times and all of this, yeah. that's when you start stressing out and mm-hmm. things start getting and then you're locked in. Like you'll turn down something because you think you're gonna go to this. Yeah. <laughs> and like and so I've just kind of I'm like I don't make any schedule plans until I'm there. Right. Like I'm like maybe I'll see you, maybe I won't. There are certain friends where like I, I'm like all right, we we'll meet at this time here, but it's like a very specific thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's usually very loose, fast and loose. Yeah, because that's the way we roll. All right, we're gonna do. Um, we're running out of time here. Oh wow. Okay. But um, uh, man, it's a bummer. I was gonna ask about. We didn't even get to do our media stuff. But um, do you have time for a quick follow up episode? Well, yeah, sure. All right. Well, we'll do. We'll do a quick follow episode. Up episode is a bonus. Um, well, I can combine it with, um, Phil and I did a little thing, but that'll work out. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Justin, for being with us. 
And we're going to follow up um, with um, our media stuff, the rest of our segments. Um, well, well, that'll be on Thursday. But um, thank you, everybody, for listening. And be sure to go to RadioBrendo.com. Justin, you got anything to plug? Um, no, just uh, check us out again, agentsofguard.com. I'm on Twitter at uh, Justin Kizan. And, yes, again, uh, if you want to hear me and Matt Benson review and discuss every single Steven Spielberg movie he's ever directed, including television, check out a podcast, Ben View on Spielberg. All right. Um, well, thank you again, Justin. It was great talking to you, geeking oh, out on everything. This was great. And um, make sure everybody go to RadioBrendo.com, BenViewNetwork.com for all BenView Network podcasts, including – Benview on Spielberg. And um, we just recorded a new Popsicles. So that just dropped with me and Derek and Benson. I yelled at Derek a lot about Cloverfield. Um, <laughs> and uh, and we'll, 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 um, we'll get into that next time. Um, we'll talk about, talk about Cloverfield with Justin here. And uh, as a preview for coming attractions. And um, I think that's going to do it for us. So for Radio Brendo Man... I'm Brendan Creasy, and have a good one, everybody.
This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. Hello, Benview fans. If you're listening to the show that has the sad, you like the network. So I'm here to say, maybe consider checking out Popsicles, a show where a guy mainly doesn't say anything for a while and then get people get mad at him because he hasn't seen the same things they've seen. Benson's just being, being hard on himself. <laughs> That's what the show seems like to me. Alright, well, you can listen to Popsicles. <laughs> Got Derek and me, Brendan Creasy, and Benson. He's a big part of the show. Don't let him undersell it. <laughs> you can listen to it on the Benview Network website, benviewnetwork.com, or go to popsiclespodcast.com, or wherever you find podcasts. If you like Radio Brendo Man, or the late but great Picture Start, or Benson's Blue Box, this show's got all three of those on. Listen to me get browbeaten by, by these two <laughs> for 90 minutes every, every few months.